Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. So should we tell everybody this is the new space? We're in a brand new space, guys. We're in a brand new space. This is wonderful. I I couldn't even wait till the thing was over, man. This is so exciting. We got new space here, ladies and gentlemen. We are, the woman behind the glass is finally, now she is behind the glass. behind the glass. It's like (laughs) some momentous occasion. And you know what else is really cool? Um, I looked on our on the our source that we upload podcasts to, and we are over ten thousand plays no of our podcast since we started Tremendous. in March. Fantastic! So yeah, that's well, we've got a little news. space now. We can, you know, what's so cool is that now, Nathan. I don't know if you know the history of this thing. Maybe we've told you, but you know, the, the uh, actually the woman behind the glass and our worship leader kind of had this idea a long time ago, uh, way before COVID. Actually, I don't okay. know, a year before COVID, probably. And yeah, you know, I think we talked about it. Uh, well, definitely a year ago now. And so and then someone then, in this room was thought that was a really bad idea because <laughs> he, he didn't even know what podcasts were. Like, who's going to ever listen to any of this? He like, shall remain nameless. Nameless. We're not even going to talk about who that might have been, because right now it's a it's a really, really good idea. And so, you know, that person does not want to be known as the person that didn't think it was a good idea. But honestly, so this stuff, all this equipment came in. Just a week or so, maybe a month. Yeah, we had ordered it, and it came in, like, early March, and it had sat in boxes because we were, there was other things happening, and so we didn't get it ready to go and, you know, putting together the jingle and everything, and so then, uh, yeah, then Galen called on that Monday, really, when the first shutdown, I think it was March 16th. (laughs) How, how quickly can we get that going? No kidding. Like, I was just like, going. wow. So wait, say this again. So you had the equipment. <laughs> yeah. We did. In time. Yep. Not knowing, of course, no one knew that COVID was going to hit. No kidding. But no. what an amazing way in which God works. <laughs> and yeah. It really, really was. And, you know, it's one of those cases in my life where it's like, please, God, do not let me get in the way. of what yeah, you're, what, Because yeah. this was a God thing to, and especially early on. And I think we've got quite a few viewers or listeners now. But early on, there was a lot, and that was a kind of a lifeline. Yeah, we, to just kind of stay connected with people. You guys did a great job, of, and we we had the Monday through Friday at that time when we were in. Oh, quarantine, that's right, we did was, them every day then. Ooh, yeah, oh, wow. it was, so we we spent Intense. a lot of time together in quarantine. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> but it was a really good thing to be able to just offer that encouragement to our listeners that were yeah. out in yeah, podcast man. land and and to be able to connect. And I think that very first podcast that you guys did has like two hundred eighty five plays. And Is so, that right? Yeah, yeah, people have really connected with that specifically, and it was amazing. So, so. well, so. now we've got another another level we've got our own studio and mm-hmm. uh, it's our own place and we are here for the very first time it's just a little bit like when you eat dinner at the dinner table when you just move in but you're you don't have all the chairs you're kind of sitting on boxes <laughs> and you can't find the silverware well that's a little bit how this is right right but we're, we're alive so it's we it's just working. put this stuff in here it was so neat the <laughs> fellows were still working on it when no, we walked in there's drywall dust everywhere it's still great. so but we're here and it. uh so anyway okay so you've got an exciting week coming up tell us a little bit about where you're going and then you got a you got a speech here what are you gonna say well yes sir so here just uh about a week and a half i'll be out in raleigh north carolina and i'll be talking to a group of pastors a large group of pastors okay 
on the subject really of what is the role of uh, the pulpit in public policy? What is the role of the pulpit in public life? Okay. And that was something much discussed throughout the American experiment. Now, is this something that Family Policy Alliance is hosting? No, sir. This is actually a large conference uh, for pastors from across the nation called the Shepherds 360 Conference. Okay. And so I'll be talking in that context, and I will ha- there will be a booth there for... Um, what you're doing, yeah. For what, for what I'm doing, but uh, throughout the week... I'll have the opportunity to speak. So do you have any guess at how many pastors will be there? So I, I from what I understand, now, no one knows for sure what COVID's going to do, yeah. but I believe a, last year they had over 1,500, closer no to 2,000. Kidding. Wow. And um, this what year... What an opportunity. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. And they, they said that already 80% of those have signed up. This was a couple months ago, so it wow. may be much more now. So I think it's going to be very so good. So did they give you a topic? How did this work? So the, the topic of the conference is vision. Okay. But uh, in reality, what they, they are specifically asking for me to talk about is the role of the pastor in public policy and in, and in uh, the civil society. So how much of this can you tell us now? Because I'm curious. I'm not going to be there. Well, I want to hear it, man. Yeah. So, so part of what it feels like I've been trying to explain to people over and over and over again. And let me give you a little context. And and so I was talking to Julie. Julie's face got all excited. You know, I was mentioning Broadway. <laughs> oh, yes. Right. Oh, you say Broadway. She's going to start singing now. I know. Like, yeah, yeah. What is your favorite Broadway song, Julie? Uh-oh. My favorite Broadway song. Oh, see, that's like favorite types of ice cream. Oh. <laughs> that's good. See, good you don't point. even, that's like a whole podcast. Oh, wow. So unfair. But no, I really, I mean, honestly, I really love Hamilton. I love Wicked. I love The Lion King. But I, I if there's like favorites of everything. So okay, anyway, yeah. <laughs> have you so seen all those it. on Broadway? Uh, well, um, I, in Denver at okay. the Buell. Yeah, yeah. I oh, think no. I've seen like seventeen or I, eighteen. Oh, shows. have you really? Yeah. Uh, we. I, it's it's a sickness. I'm sorry. We uh, we saw we saw Lion King. It was several years ago when yeah. Shaylee was still. Yeah, around and stuff. That was, that was amazing. Yeah, wow. It's one of my that favorites. Was a, that was a cool yeah. one. Well, so I've never been to Broadway, but Correct. I understand in 1938. So so in the Richmond Theater in London. 1938, a new play came out, and it was entitled there, it was entitled Gaslight. When it came to Broadway in America, it was called Angel Street at first, and then they referred, uh, reverted back to the original title, Gaslight. Okay. But here's the plot. There's this famous opera singer, and she's murdered in her mansion. And the murderer is there actually to steal all of her jewels and everything else, but he's impeded in the middle of his murder because the niece begins to scream. She finds the body. She begins to scream. He flees. He doesn't get anything. Okay. And so the next scene opens up, and the, the young lady, the niece, has now grown up. She's living in a different country, and uh, she's gone to school. She, she left London behind, and she meets this man, and she wants to marry him. And sure enough, they get married, and he begins to talk to her about moving back to London and moving into this house. And it's only when you get back to the house you realize that the man that she married is the murderer. What? <laughs> I wish you could see oh, yeah. uh, Julie's yeah. face with this. Yeah. Uh, she's over here. She's so it's into like, this. She's in. <laughs> I have the choreography in my head. <laughs> you probably already invented two songs. I like it. <laughs> Well, it's got a phantom type of a twist to it, kind of. Oh, right, right. there you go. So, so one of the things he's planning to do, though, is to make it appear that this young lady he just married has lost her mind. Oh, wow. And so he begins to move the furniture around. He begins to whisper in the attic. Oh, wow. He begins to, and this, the, the reason why it's called Gaslight is the setting is in the late 1800s, and he begins to dim the gas lamps and raise the gas lamps oh, and wow. do all these different things. To the point where she begins to question herself. 
She questions her own reality. Okay. And she'll ask him, hey, did you notice? Did you hear anything in the attic? And he's like, no, I don't hear anything. And she begins to question her reality. Mm. That is something very, very important because the question of one's grasp on reality actually is that has become uh, a word in our lexicon. The word is now gaslighting. Oh, and wow. what it is quite literally is a, it's a kind of psychological manipulation where a victim becomes convinced that what they clearly see is wrong yeah. and what their victimizer is saying is right. right. Wow. And when you talk about that term, my contention is this, the American church over the last century has been gaslighted yep. for a long time. Yep. And what I mean by that quite literally is this, the, uh, this American country was founded on Christian principles, the principles of the Scottish uh, common sense enlightenment, which comes directly from the scripture. And the result... Uh, uh, in our founding fathers is this, uh, George Washington made the statement, it's impossible to rightly govern a nation without God in the Bible. Right. Can you imagine a politician saying that today? Oh my gosh. But that's the founder of our, the founding president of our country. Right. Uh, secondly, Patrick Henry said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not by religions, but upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. It's very clear. Wow. And so yet in the middle of all that, we are told that the First Amendment uh, guarantees a separation of church and state. And so you have this concept on one side, separation of church and state, and yet you have all the statements of the people that actually created the country. Right. And so usually the people that say that question of separation of church and state, what they're trying to say is that faith has no business outside the walls of your, of your home right. or outside the walls of your church. And uh, they, they want really a French version. So in 1905, there was a French law on the separation of churches and state. And they encapsulated something called laicity, which means enforced secularism. Mm. And that's where you can't let your religious beliefs affect your everyday life. That's the complete opposite of the First Amendment. The First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting. This is the key, and this is the difference between the American vision of this and the French vision of it. The American vision talks about the free exercise yep. thereof. That's different, and that's what makes America different in all of history. Wow. And so with the radical misreading of the First Amendment in our culture today, there are Christians who, because of this gaslighting, they begin to censor themselves from speaking freely. Right of their faith in the public arena. And that is not what America was built like. Right. And we have allowed ourselves to be gaslighted to, to the point where sometimes pastors will leave off speaking. You don't have to talk about being uh, one party or another or talk about a specific candidate, but the Bible still has things to say about moral issues. But there are some pastors that don't even speak on moral issues, especially as the sexual revolution radicalizes our culture. And so that's happened for quite some time. And I really think that there's an analogy between oh, that gaslighting and where we are today. No question. Well, and so I just had, so what time is it now? It's like almost two. Over lunch hour, we just had a Bible study. A bunch of guys got together and we, we were talking about Second Timothy, I say it's First Timothy chapter one. But, and I can't remember exactly the verse, but it basically said, fan the flame that, was, that is mm -hmm. within you. And um, this whole idea of, we were just discussing, what is that? What is fanning the flame? And as you read through, it looks like he's he's talking about the Spirit of God 
which is certainly true because we can quench the spirit, right? Or we can fan it in the flame. That's right. But also what he's really, the context is, is, is truth, is that make sure that the truth, this gift, this deposit that's in you is this, you know, you know the spirit of God and this in truth and speaking right. truth. That's right. And so th- this fits just perfectly because this is exactly what we were talking about. And we, we asked the question, so what causes some of the, I'd say some of our great teachers in our day that we've all looked up to, to change their tone on uh, same-sex marriage or some of these things. Like, you know, years before, they would never have said anything different. They would have mm-hmm. said, you know, I believe in one man, one woman. That right. was basically the right down right down the line. Well, now, because society has changed, and, and this is just one example, but this is an example that ha- then people tend to change their view. A lot of the times, um, even... They have some, a same-sex attracted um, uh, person close in their immediate family, mm-hmm. and so they tend to change their view based on, right. you know, those kinds, you know, the the different nuances. And it's like, well, no, we the truth is still the truth. We got to speak the truth in love. In love. But right. at the same time, it's like it's not. Uh, we don't we don't change the truth, and so I think we're all impacted by this culture gaslighting, right. if you will, that we can say, um, you know, no. Know, up is up is not down and down is not up and right, black right. is not white or whatever. Yeah. And so um, I think we're getting a lot of that in our, Galen, in our society. Galen, have you ever explored, why do you think people do self-censor? What is it about the cultural conversation today that causes people to back away? In one word, I think it's fear. Uh, I yeah. think they, I think they fear, I think, and I feel it too. I just like, I'm not just Mr. You know, Superman here. I, um, but fearing, fearing man more than God. Mm-hmm. You know, if I fear God, yeah. I'm going to say, well, I brace yourself because I've got to tell you the truth here mm-hmm. because I'm going to stand before God for this. Right. If, you, if you lose that fear of God, then you start fearing man more than you fear God. Right. Then you're, you say, I want to, I don't know, it's, it's self, uh, self-preservation. It's mm-hmm. a, I, I've got to say these things so I keep my job. I say these things to keep my friends. I say these things to keep my status, whatever it is. And there's several times as a pastor, I felt like, man, I feel like I'm putting everything in the middle of all my chips are in. Right. And if this goes bad, I'm, uh, I'm done. I mean, that's how it feels. Right. And I, uh, I know sometimes tough. after a person preaches, that's the most fatigued you can be. Oh yeah. Because you go home and you feel like you've put your heart out on front of a pul- on, on the top of a pulpit and let everybody watch it beat. Yeah, and you try to shove it back in your in your chest. That's a really good illustration. And you go out, you go oh home, gosh. and you think I'm just and it's, and it's not physical fatigue so no. much as emotional fatigue for sure. And I don't know how many times I've felt that. Oh my gosh! And that's why they say Mondays are such a tough day for pastors. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it really is. I always have to do something completely different. Try to keep myself. And it's a weird thing. And then mm-hmm. Tuesdays, it's like you you get the wind in your sails again. I don't. Right. I do not fully get it, but right. it's. I think it has to do with the. The, the emotional fatigue and, and but but speaking truth mm-hmm. and speaking it in love is exhausting right because I don't want to I mean I love this person mm-hmm. I love these people I do not want to offend them mm-hmm. but I also I fear God and it's like I got to tell them the truth about right what God's word says and you it's, know it's hard tying into that I agree I agree wholeheartedly and tying right into that is something another phenomenon I think happens today. And that is the the language uh, of the day cast the most loving people in the world. I'm talking about genuine loving Christians. Okay, there are many people that claim the name of Christ, but someone who truly is a Christian, 
they are full of love. And yet many people will take that Christian and say that they're a hater or a bigot. That's emotionally fatiguing. Oh my gosh. That's falsely difficult. accused. Right. Being falsely accused, I think right. if, and I mean, guys, I got two or three stories like that. That is the worst. Right, right. Especially well, if you're a person of integrity and you get accused of something that challenges your integrity. Right. Uh, that is so hard. Well, Jesus even in his one of his very first sermons says, Blessed are you when men revile and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely right, right. for my name's sake. Right. And so he's saying, you're going to run into this. Yep. I'm running into happen. this, and you're going to run into this. And But I think sometimes when you run into that challenge, that Christians actually can begin, because of all the gaslighting, to fall into that self-doubt yep. and begin to wonder if the Bible really is somehow a book of hatred, because that's how it's being pitched by some. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so not only that, then the language of morality, the language of morality in today, where they talk about love, peace, affirmation, and bravery, they use those words to describe people who follow their ideas, and therefore anyone who opposes that idea is someone who is the opposite. Right. And so a Christian who believes in the Bible and who believes in science, for instance, yeah. uh, is someone who now is a hater and bigot. But Abraham Lincoln warned, he said, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will become the philosophy of the government in the next. Wow. And so right now we're watching the effects of one generation, a couple generations of, of this it's kind true. of conversation. That's so true. Yeah. Okay, so you've, you've beautifully unpacked the problem. Are you gonna, we got, you got three minutes here. <laughs> Can you give us the, the nutshell of uh, what you're going to say is the answer? Or is this... Is that jumping the gun for you? No, no, this, this will be great. Let, let, me just, let me just say this. So, and, and I don't know if I'm going to actually go this direction or not, but one of my favorite passages in English literature, and actually, I don't know if you've ever read it, Galen, I'm, you probably have, but Herman Melville, in his famous book, The Whale, Moby Dick, Oh yeah. he preaches an entire sermon on Jonah. And you would think uh, yes. that he is preaching in your church. I wow. mean, it's great. Before that, though, he describes the pulpit, and he has this beautiful pulpit that he paints in words, and he describes it looking like a ship's prow. Mm. But he does this in this way. He says this. I love this. The pulpit is ever this earth's foremost part. All the rest comes behind. The pulpit leads the world. It is from there that the storm of God's quick wrath is first described, and the bow must bear the earliest brunt. Yes, the, the world's a ship on its passage out, and not a voyage complete. The world is a ship on its passage out, and the pulpit is its prow. Wow, that's really good. We need pastors to remember what God has called well, them to. Well, you just made my day just listening to that. You know, I, I think one of the things, and I'll just tell you, as a, as a pastor sitting out in your audience, uh, that feels, it feels good to hear that because I think we're, I don't know, we're not, uh, that's not cultivated you know it's like uh i don't know it, that's really that feels good i'm Amen. just gonna tell you you're gonna have 1500 to 2000 pastors go man thanks for that i appreciate that Praise the lord you know i think in the ministry it used to be you know i can remember the reverence or what do you want to call it it's like the pulpit seemed to have a certain kind of mystique to it mm -hmm. and i think it's lost a lot of that maybe it's because of the people filling it i'm not saying we deserve it i'm not saying it, but it's just it's just what, what people's weight they put on mm -hmm. God's word and that person that's bringing the word, mm -hmm. not necessarily, um, but, but more the content of that word. And uh, um, so I, I think you're going to have 
you're going to have a whole bunch of pastors uh, say, man, thanks. I appreciate Praise you. Praise the Lord. That feels good. You know, Galen, I am honored every time I listen to you preach the Bible. I heard an old pastor one time describe a pulpit this way. This is a sacred desk. Yeah, and man. this is from where the word of God is spoken. Wow, that's really good. Amen. It's a great way to learn, uh, to, to remember that too. So that's awesome, Nathan. Well, I'm excited for you. And I'll be praying for you. That's uh, the, Did you say it's the 19th? Is the, the day So of the, the, con- the conference, conference goes 19th to 20th, all right. to, to the 21st. All right. Well, we will definitely be praying for you. I'm anxious to hear all that goes. And so we're going to make a few cuts here on some some in our new space and then uh, have to run those for the next two weeks. Amen. In the meantime, be strong and very courageous. God bless you all.